Welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Giraldi, and we are back with another episode. Uh, today's guest is someone I actually went to college with and didn't uh, reconnected recently through the power of Catholic Instagram, and it's super cool. So excited to have her, uh, but we'll introduce her in just a bit. So yeah, let's get into it. So today's guest is a writer. She also coined the term, the theology of style. And recently she slipped on her heels um, and almost fell, I guess. Um, but she, I, I'm sure she saved herself. She'll explain herself in a little bit. But you can follow her at Lillian underscore Fallon on Instagram. Please welcome my guest, Lily Fallon. Hey guys, how's it going? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm sure you've recovered from the slip. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> I was very confident that day. Um, I go to work like in, a, in an office three days mm-hmm. a week, and then I do my freelancing on the other days. And so mm-hmm. the days that I go in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually wear something because in Corona time, you just pretty much exist in sweats and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah. comfy clothes and so I was feeling pretty bold that day I decided to wear some heeled booties I was like I can take this but I'm yeah. very much like comfort first kind of girl yeah. I I am all about personal style and like looking you know fly when I can um, <laughs> but comfort is always number one and yeah. I don't really wear heels that much because they're pretty uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so I decided earlier this week that I was going to wear some heels and it was going well until I was, first of all, walking down the stairs of the church that I work at because I, I do uh-huh. communications work at a Newman Center. Yeah. Um, and I, literally, as I was walking down the stairs, I was like, don't fall down the stairs. Don't do it. Like, you'll be okay. <laughs> you can do it. And I literally, like, as I thought those words, I fell down the stairs. And, and then um, <laughs> no. nobody nobody saw me, though. I caught myself. Yeah. Like, you know when you, like, brace yourself against the walls and you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is not no. going to be, like, a tumbling thing where I <laughs> continuously fall down the entire, like, spiral. So oh, I caught no. myself. Yeah. Um, and I felt, I felt like, okay, cool. I, I'm, I'll be fine. And then as I was walking home from work, there's this guy who <laughs> has, like, a garage. Yeah. And um, I... I when I intentionally walk past his garage because he's like this like cool like tatted like working on old timey vehicles dude <laughs> yeah and yeah. I like walk past him every day being like um hey. yeah and so <laughs> I'm walking I'm walking back from work and um he comes out of his house like just as I'm walking past and I was like oh like trying to you know walk super fierce <laughs> yes. and like because i was wearing like a cute outfit so i was like okay yeah. work it this is your time to shine um and so as i'm walking that whole street was undergoing construction and there is wet concrete oh, who leaves no. wet concrete on the sidewalk um oh. <laughs> and so i'm like walking and it's like ice skating it was like and i was you know screaming of course um, can't just slip in silence. <laughs> no, um, scream, yeah. Screaming and yelling, and then I turn around and he's laughing at me. So, oh. but I was you like, should... "It's okay. It's great." God was humbling me, <laughs> and, and I'm probably not gonna wear those shoes again. Maybe it was just a lesson to like be comfortable first. I think if there's anything that anybody should derive from this, it's first of all wear comfortable shoes because mm-hmm. it's not worth the pain. Beauty <laughs> does not equal pain. And also, 
I don't know, maybe don't like stalk dudes. <laughs> don't stalk people. <laughs> Say that stalking. Yeah. I think don't it's walk just... past them and look inside their garage every day. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. But but um, do you know Katie Waldo? Um, from yes. Instagram, yeah, yeah. she messaged me. She was like, "This is the beginning of your meet cute. Like, this is <laughs> the beginning." Because he's gonna talk to you. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for that to happen. For him to talk yeah. to me and be like, oh, "You're so cute and clumsy." But <laughs> not yet. Someday. Someday. <laughs> you just, just gotta get. You gotta keep that route. Keep the route. Yes. On, you know. I gotta. Just yeah. I gotta trust, trust in God. Right. <laughs> So this is yeah, awesome. That was a great story <laughs> to start off with and to get to know, know you a little bit more. We're gonna um, yes. do some rapid fire questions to see how Yay. well you do. Cool. So, Ooh, how well I do? I'm scared. You're, uh, are I you gonna ask like math questions? You know, it's just like some people like are really like I don't know what to say. Like you know, but oh my gosh, let's okay. see. Oh my okay, gosh, ready? See how quick I can so these are completely okay. random questions. No rhyme or reason to them. Oh my like gosh, always. okay. And I get them from the same um, questions uh, uh, from the same website. So, like, similar questions have been asked of other people. Oh, interesting. Okay. Maybe even to your roommate, Chanel, when she was on. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. you ready? Let's see. Go. Uh, what is your middle name? Marie. What is wind? Air. Ooh. <laughs> 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 what is wind? I just remembered Chanel's answer. She said, forceful air. <laughs> That's a better, more descriptive answer. Right, right. Uh, L.A. or New York? New York. Uh, favorite martial art? Uh, I don't have one. I don't know. <laughs> What's the um, sound you make when you're freezing cold? <laughs> Do you think anyone considers you a hipster? Yes. I got awarded at Ave Most uh-huh. Hipster Award. You know how everybody got, like, the neutropalia <laughs> and, like, most intellectual, <laughs> smartest, coolest person? And they got, like, plaques? My yeah. award was Most Hipster with Tyler so... Neal. Do you remember Tyler Neal? Oh, my gosh, yeah. yes. We were the Wait, hipsters. did you guys graduate the same year? Uh, I think we I think we did. Or either oh, it was wow. the same year or maybe he was right after me. It was, like, a general award. Oh, it wasn't, general like, award, official yeah. It wasn't yeah. an, even an official That's hipster so or whatever. You guys both are. That's so yeah. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> really, um, we deserved it. Yeah. Are tomatoes a fruit or vegetable? Fruit. Black beans or refried beans in your burrito? Um, refried. Um, what's your favorite clothing brand? Mm, probably Reformation. Um, do you like Disneyland? I've only been there once, and I enjoyed it. I liked Epcot the most. Ah, uh, yes, that's Disney World. Disneyland's in California. Never been there then, so the that's answer okay. is I'm no. Dis- I'm just a Disney nerd. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, when you world. fly on a plane, do you wear a neck pillow? Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You got to show your ways and style gotta, it up. Yeah, you got to sna- have a snap one because if it doesn't snap, it does not oh, yeah. work and it sucks. You just. <laughs> yes, it's it's like actually worse than not having one. It is. Because then you're like anticipating support when you're really done. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For a journal, paper or computer? Um, computer. Well, my iPhone. I type in my notes. Uh, yeah. uh, is it grammatically proper to capitalize the names of seasons? 
Um, I believe it is. I do it, but and I should know the official answer, but I say yes, <laughs> but I'm not sure if it's true. Polka dots or stripes? Stripes. Um, something you can eat for a week straight. Probably ramen. <laughs> ramen. I love ramen. <laughs> Would you rather lose all your hair or gain 50% more? Ooh, probably gain 50% more. Um, if there's a spider in the house, do you kill it or set it free? Kill it. Um, are dogs people? No. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you believe in Santa Claus? No, but I did for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was in college really, I found out. <laughs> really devastating when I found out that people are real. Uh, type of milk you put in your cereal? Um, cashew. Oh, that's really good. It's mountain so top, good. Climb a mountaintop or climb from a uh, jump from a plane. Climb a mountaintop. Um, I feel very passionately about that one. Right. <laughs> she was. Uh, name a word that starts with the letter Q. Quill. Um, what is your favorite carnival food? Carnival. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, funnel cake. Um, how many redheads are you friends with? Uh, like five. Ask for permission or beg for forgiveness? Ask for permission. <laughs> Do you know the definition of triskaidekaphobia? Triskaidekaphobia? Yeah. It's the fear of, um, dex. <laughs> triskaidekaphobia. I'm afraid of heights, uh, afraid of dex. Uh, one to ten. How hot do you like your shower? Uh, probably like an eight. An eight. Yeah. Have you ever slapped someone in the face? You know, I don't think so. Shit, <laughs> though. It's something I'm putting on my bucket list. It's something on my bucket list, right? Just gonna yeah. have find a reason to someday. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I haven't done this. Yeah, haven't been able to <clears throat> yeah, yeah. start practicing. <laughs> um, how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Zero. It's so sad. I have reflux disease and I can't oh, have wow. anything acidic. I can't wow. even have black tea. I can't have pizza. I can't have anything. But coffee is the thing that I miss the most. Um, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's not that's not it's like it's a new thing. It's not like a thing that you've always had. No, I've had I've had heartburn for like my whole life. And then it, as I oh. guess I got older and developed the esophagus of a 60 year old man, I. Oh. You know, can't have coffee, but I'm hopefully getting surgery for it. So hey, prayers for that. Again. Yeah. Uh, ra- are rats cute? No. What's your favorite car? Uh, like a 1950s Mustang or something. Hey. <laughs> if you can ask God one question, what would it be? Ooh, probably. Oh, I'd probably get something like intense and serious, and I'd be like, why? Why is there pain and suffering? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so intense. Yeah. It's probably like, why don't you read C.S. Lewis or something, Lily? Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> right. The, yeah. Tr- the problem with the pain. problem of pain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the obvious coming out of this. Yes. Um, would you rather color with a baby panda or a baby penguin? Panda. Yeah. Now, the last question is very important, okay? Okay. Oh my gosh. If Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept it? Probably because I I just want to be somehow a part of Harry Potter. Like if, <laughs> if it was my options, like at all, like if it was like 
continue existing as you are or get a hug yeah. by Voldemort, I would just be like, I'll take the hug because, I don't know, maybe I'll <laughs> develop, like, cool powers or something. Immunity. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Just anything to be a part of, like, the wizarding world. Wizarding world. So what, yeah. what, what is your, what is your um, house? Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah. Dude, I'm a I Gryffindor. Love- Oh, I was <laughs> kidding. You're not um, a Hufflepuff, but I actually am. <laughs> uh, although my teen like did one of those pseudo ones, I did a Pottermore one and I got a Gryffindor. Oh yeah. Um, but Ravenclaw. then my my one of my teens like asked me questions and was doing this questionnaire off of like some website and gave me Hufflepuff and she just claims me to be a Hufflepuff. I'm like, okay, listen, hmm. listen. It wasn't from Pottermore. I don't believe it. I mean, I don't believe it anyway, but... <laughs> That's a fact. If it was from, like, BuzzFeed, does not count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now that we got a little bit goofy and got to know you, uh, <laughs> some random facts about you or th- your opinions on some things, let's get yeah, a little bit fun. of your like faith that. background. Yay! So, cool. um, were, you up, uh, were you brought up Catholic? And Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely cradle Catholic from, from you know... The, the jump and yeah. I but I really took my faith more seriously I think once I got confirmed like my family mm. is super super devout like I was homeschooled so you know that oh, like yeah. my family's intense <laughs> about the faith and not yeah. to say that people who go to school are not parents are not intense about the faith okay right, I just right, want right. to specify that my sister sends her kids to school whatever um mm-hmm. but uh yeah my my parents were um very very devout and um yeah, and so then, but I realized once it was confirmation time, I was like, okay, is this, like, actually what I want to believe in? Mm-hmm. And so I um, read up on different religions and stuff, and Catholicism uh-huh. made the most sense still. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. That's awesome. Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's more than any, I feel like any, um, like, what, are you in high school at that point? Yeah, I think I was a little older. Like, I don't know what the how old people are supposed to get confirmed, but I think I was, like, 15 or so. Um, oh, yeah. Um, like, my nieces are getting confirmed when they're, like, 12. So I had some time to, to really think about it. And I read yeah. up on, like, Buddhism and Hinduism and oh, all really? that. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Do I remember really cool. anything that I read? Like, not really. But yeah. it was enough <laughs> for me at the time to be like, okay, so, yeah take us on the journey then so then after you went to college you went to Ave uh do you choose Ave or yes so I it was interesting because I had always been like obsessed with personal style and fashion and I just obsessively consumed fashion magazines Vogue Harper's Bazaar and I would stay up super late at night to watch fashion week shows early in the morning um and yeah, I really wanted to go to fashion school. Um, uh-huh. But I because I was serious about my faith, I was like, okay, do I go to a Catholic school? My parents were like, you got to go to one of the, like, big Catholic schools. So, like, my sister, uh, my oldest sister went to Thomas Aquinas, which is in oh, wow. California, and that's, like, the Harvard of Catholic schools. Like, yeah. very, very smart people go there. Um, <laughs> not me. And then my, my other sister went to Christendom, and oh. then my mom was very much like, well, you should go to Catholic school. And mm-hmm. I, but I really wanted to go to FIT, which is the Fashion Institute in New York. And mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I was just like praying a lot about it and feeling conflicted because I 
didn't want to throw myself into an environment where it would possibly be like tempting or I would stray from my faith like if I didn't have a support system and if I wasn't getting the foundation that like learning more about my faith and growing in it I was nervous about putting myself in an environment that I could lose my faith so I kind of just like and I was also just thinking about okay well is personal style and fashion superficial and stupid like should I be pursuing Mm. something that is more catholic and more serious um because the one of the quotes that always was just floating around I feel like in catholic circles is catholics should be in the world not of the world and yeah I was like okay well because there's a materiality and a materialism aspect to fashion does mm-hmm. that make my interest in clothing and self-expression and personal style, does that make me somebody who is more materialistic? And if mm. I keep on pursuing this, will I be, you know, kind of, I don't know, turning into somebody who I don't want to be. Um, yeah. And so I ultimately made the decision to go to Ave and I definitely yeah. don't, I don't regret it in any way, but I yeah. spent a lot of time at Ave kind of feeling like I didn't really fit in with mm-hmm. um, the interests like of other people. Like, I, I fit in in terms of, like, my friends. Like, the friends that I made are my yeah. lifelong, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, like, living with two of them right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but I didn't really enjoy the classes that much. I enjoyed all the theology classes, but I was like, why do I have to take all of these, like, metaphysics and <laughs> bio Same. and algebra? Like, um, and so I, um, I was kind of struggling a bit with my interests and, but then I, you know, I eventually came to theology of the body, which was a class that kind of, you know, changed, changed my life and changed, made, made reason, made sense of everything. Like my interest in style, um, and the reason, the ultimate reason why I was called to Ave and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah. That's so cool. I mean, and it's so awesome to, like, I've uh, been taught that class, too, by the man who helped translate it. I'm like, yeah. yo, that's so cool. Yes. And so it was, like, my bragging rights for a while until he left. I know. That's stupid, though. It was, like, so everybody cool, left though. after I graduated. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Ave no. changed a lot after after we all left. It's, it's really funny. I mean, like, honestly, the tw- after 2017 school year, like, 16, 17, um, when we graduated, like, we lost, like, Martin Doman, we lost the, the sisters, the uh, the Dominican sisters left, oh, the, uh, they were relocated yeah. by their uh, mother superior, um, uh, we lost a couple of professors, and, yeah. like, a couple of other, like, classes really changed. important people, like, mm-hmm. in, in, that were integral to the to the system and and it, yeah, yeah. I was just like wow this is crazy so for I'm those so of you who don't that know we did get that though like we got yeah. the theology like dr reardon and stuff oh yeah but. dr reardon yeah i think he's like he was like on um like after like after we left he was on like sabbatical for a while so i don't know oh, if he shoot. ever came back so for those yeah. of you who don't know where ave is it's in s- southwest florida um and that's probably like the one of the biggest bragging rights it has from other Catholic schools. Yeah. Like, with the exception of the ones in California, like JP2 and um, yeah. the one you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Was it Aquinas? TAC. Thomas Aquinas, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but Florida is also um, really close, uh, like only three hours away from Disneyland, an hour away from yeah. the beach. 
Mm-hmm. So it was funny because Ave is like kind of in a swamp, but it was it was still beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there's more houses now there, and there's less like oh good. Um, yeah, but there's Alligators. still a bunch of mosquitoes come like summer mm-hmm. mucky time, and those are the worst. Yeah, there's trade offs. It's still it's still beautiful, but you got to deal with the the mosquitoes and the giant yeah. grasshoppers. The sunsets yeah. as you smack your legs. The entire time. Yeah, it's so <laughs> right. true. That's uh, so great. So, um, then post Ave, you went to um, you st- you where did you go right after Ave? New York. So I moved to Manhattan, or I didn't move to Manhattan. I moved to Queens. Um, hey, and I, I was born in Queens. Oh, you were? Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so cool. I was living in Astoria for, like, three and a half years. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. So, I while I was at Ave, I got an internship with Verily Magazine. And right. at the end of my time at Ave, I was like, yo, you guys, like, want me to move to New York? Because I want to move to New York. Can I just, mm-hmm. like, start working for you? And mm-hmm. it was pretty coincidental because the um, style editor at the time was kind of phasing out. And oh. she, yeah, she um, got married and moved. And so I took over her role, and yeah. I became the style editor of Verily for, for that time. And, yeah. And then after after my time at Verily, I just pursued my freelance career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I was in New York for a while. That's awesome. And now I'm in so, Philly. Yeah, now you're in Philly. So, um, yeah. but then, so, there, you shared something in your story a couple couple of uh, days ago maybe like earlier yeah. this week like oh that's just what or no is it one your your other account um <laughs> your, your, <laughs> yeah your finsta <laughs> you finsta. shared like where like this like the moment when you found out this is not the industry you want to be part yeah. of anymore yes. so like tell me a little bit about that what was that and, yeah. and and yeah let's dive into that yeah so i mean as i said before my whole life it was like fashion or bust like fashion yeah. is everything i wanted the devil wears prada existence which is like kind of yeah. weird because that was not a good situation for <laughs> for andy um and i i just like wanted to be in it all like manhattan mm-hmm. and being fabulous and like jet setting and just also in a genuine way wanting to be a part of the creative process because I love putting together interesting outfits to create beauty Mm. and being a part of that process of like being on set and executing it and um, creating that beautiful product and so when I was at Verily I got a very hands-on like I was doing photo shoots um, putting them together but it was because Verily was so small it was mostly just like yeah. a one woman show that I was running in the style department, um, the style section. And so it was like I was styling it. I was hiring the models. Sometimes I was modeling. Sometimes I, like me, just our coworkers yeah. were shooting it. So barely yeah. was so small that it wasn't really like the fashion industry experience. And so Uh after I left Verily, I still was really trying to break into the fashion industry in a real way. And Uh um, I was, like, applying to all of these, like, styling assistant jobs. I just wanted to do styling because I eventually wanted to be a fashion director where I was creating the vision for photo shoots and basically being in charge of, like, the visuals for a magazine. Um, That was, like, my ultimate dream job. And Mm, so to kind of get there, I wanted to start doing just styling. And I was applying to so many places and it was 
it was just like no 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 like like shut mm. doors after shut doors um uh. and i was like why is this happening like i don't understand like i do have like a, a pretty substantial background in being like a style editor for a small magazine so i don't understand right. why it's so hard to just to get a small like styling gig and yeah. um one day i my my favorite designer label which is called brock collection um <laughs> they had um they yeah they had this open like call for people to like help out with their shoots and their uh, fashion week shows it was yeah. actually for fashion week that one time and so i responded i was like hey like you know i'm you know down to help and um i they were like cool great like you know we'll pay you sweet and so i yeah. show up and it was my first um insight into what it really is like behind the scenes of new york fashion week and yeah. um wow. And <clears throat> after that, they hired me kind of consistently for a year of uh-huh. doing fat, like their fashion week shows and their photo shoots and like their sample sales. It was anything that they had to do in New York because they're actually L.A. based. So oh, whenever they okay. came to New York, I was like one of their girls that always was there to help with stuff. And it was like mm-hmm. staying up until 3 a.m. to like finalize looks for fashion, the fashion show um, or, you know, putting like even even like silly things like going out and getting coffee. I was like that girl. Like I was doing oh. everything. And um, it really opened up my eyes to kind of how toxic the industry is because people mm. don't treat people well. <laughs> um, yeah. There's the sense of, um, well, first of all, there, it's just so much excess because you like look at these items that people are creating for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And the women who come to buy it, because if we were doing a sample sale, it would be like cheaper, cheaper items, not like Mm -hmm. off the rack. But um, it would be, yeah, it would be discounted, but it was still like, it would be like $8,000 for something. And it was just so silly. I was like, why? Like, no, these people don't need this. Like, they come in and they have like, they have tons of money and they're just buying unnecessary stuff. And so... That, to me, was like, wow, this is, like, kind of ridiculous. And then um, when it came to just how people treated each other, just this, like, (sighs) yeah, like, they would ask me to go and, like, pick up the credit card of the fashion designer who accidentally left it in a bar in Brooklyn. Like, he was, like, out drinking super late, and so I would have to go get his stuff. Or after (laughs) spending days of working on outfits and like helping the models and helping organize things and basically just being like a um, work mule just running back and forth with like the fittings and stuff like that Um, working so hard on the shoot and then like during the shoot it would be the most exciting part and there would be like a famous model and a famous photographer and like I would kind of be in there helping and doing stuff and then the one time the designer the the mother she was like can you take our son and take him out to get ice cream and I was like lady I'm like 26 years old I'm here to like help out with this with this awesome photo shoot that I have been working with you guys on for days and you're telling me to babysit your kid now and it was just like a lot of stuff like that or like um the just like the way in which they treated the models and the way that they Mm. treated each other like it was just such an air of like silly superficiality all the time 
And um, like, who do you know? Everything was like, who do you know? Like, what famous designers do you know? What celebrities do you know? Where are you vacationing? Like, where? What fancy places are you going to? It was just this like world uh, that exists just for itself. This, um, you know, one percent of society where like they just exist in this world of, you know money hmm. and yeah it, it just to me i was like this is not where i want to be um right yeah i just realized that it was kind of an industry that exists to perpetuate itself through making expensive clothes so that uh, rich people would buy it so then they can keep on making expensive clothes so that rich people would buy it it's just this endless cycle um that didn't really have much of like a purpose to it and right. even though like these were kind of like big designer people they were kind of I don't know like they really needed the they needed other rich and famous people to affirm them and to keep them going so yeah yeah. it's like it's so crazy to think about that because it's like you can you can probably tell from you probably obviously from just what you're telling me it sounds like you know they're 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 no I mean they're much not much different from what we are who we are right but like they're they're looking they're searching they're like they're searching they're searching they're searching and they're looking in all the wrong places and so it's just like interesting to kind of see that and hear that but you probably i mean can you say that's probably true for for yeah because i think that a lot of it is you know money and this and entering into a world to kind of fulfill that desire for something more um Yeah. yeah it's like if you're if you can numb yourself enough with excess and being fabulous because right. it's just so funny because right. so much of the fashion industry is just being fabulous <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's just being seen as somebody who is revered by others being seen as somebody who is who's the hot the, the hot thing at the time mm. and yeah. um yeah I don't know, there's just such an, there's just always such an air of like, (laughs) which is not surprising (laughs) in any way because, I mean, how many fashion movies and TV shows have we seen where the fashion people are like, um, Mm, 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 yeah. But it is, it is kind of like that where people pride themselves so much on being famous or whatever, high up. And Yeah. yeah, it's just like, they're just looking to fill fill whatever void it is and yeah. it's easy to let it's easy to let fame and money and status get in the way of like really thinking about okay well what is life really about which is kind of what right. i got to where mm. it was like that wake up call because i was praying for so long to get a gig in fashion and yeah. i have a special devotion to saint joseph and a lot of the times when if i'm looking for employment or work i'll pray my saint joseph novena and he will, yeah. um, you know, help me out. I usually have some sort of an answer at the end of it. And yeah. at the end of this novena, I got that job. And But then I was uh, thinking, like, oh, this is going to be it. This yeah. is going to be my intro into the fashion industry. <laughs> and, um, and then once I got it, I was like, oh, okay, so I got it so that I can see <laughs> that this is not going to be it for me. Like, this is not right. going to be fulfilling. Um, right. Yeah. That's so cool. So, so I... Uh, so I was actually pretty grateful that I had that experience because then mm-hmm. I realized I didn't want to live in New York anymore. I realized I didn't want to be in fashion. And I got to this point where I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And it was kind of this identity crisis thing. Cause for my whole life I was 
the, you know, fashion girl. Um, right. But I had realized I really did not like the fashion industry at all. It was toxic and I didn't want to be a part of it. So um, I was just praying to God, like, well, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Um, because I have yeah. no clue now. And yeah. at this point I had like moved back home too. Cause I like wasn't, there's was no point in living in New York anymore. If you're like not doing something specifically in New York, cause it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I was just spending a lot of time, yeah. you know, being in church, being like, what is it, God? What do you want from me? And <laughs> yeah. just begging, begging for direction. And you might, you might, you might feel that way. might look that way. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> And, um, and I came to the realization, like after like really praying in in church that I was like, oh, like I'm supposed to do writing. I'm supposed to be a writer. And Mm. I had always felt called to, um, to share this message of, uh, personal style and self-worth through the lens of theology of the body. And for my whole life, ever since I was at Ave, that was the main thing in the back of my mind where I was like, this is what I feel the most passionate about and the most called yeah. to do. And it was crazy because it was almost like the stars aligning type of thing where my job at Verily had ended. Um, my my time in New York had ended and my time in the fashion industry had ended. And I was like, yeah. what next? And I think that at that time, God was like, I, like, I remember <laughs> in my mind, like being in church praying and him like, or I didn't like hear the voice of God, but... I heard it was like a thought that like, you know, when you're praying and like a thought and a full sentence just pops into your brain and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you're a writer. So write, write this book. And I was like, mm. oh, OK, it's time. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess That's that was awesome. kind of my my super long answer. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I asked for the journey and you definitely took us on that. (laughs) And so then you, with that, right, you started um, that obviously transition into your whole um, idea of theology of style and your, Mm -hmm. like helping, you know, find your personal style. But I wanted to like, before we got into that theology of style was talk about how you yourself found like your personal style and how that kind of like evolved because obviously it's something you're passionate about. You're, you you yeah. talk, I mean, um, in your entire story, it's like obviously a big part of your life. So how did that come about? Like, did you slowly kind of find out what worked, what didn't work? Did you just experiment? Yeah. Well, it's actually funny because I feel like I've always had a strong sense of style. Mm. Um, when I was a kid, I was always putting together like outfits, drawing designs, um, and in high school, like a lot of experimentation, like a lot of wearing like jeans with skirts and dresses, which is actually something I still kind of do, um, <laughs> or like wearing military jackets and vests with, you know, pretty things, which is also still something I do. So yeah. um, it was like every day. <laughs> I, I think like, about I'm your like, story. I think about your story from a few weeks ago. Or which week one? Ago. Like, so are you a Boy Scout from like Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that thing is right here. I'm looking at it. Um, Yes, I love taking things that are from different decades and that they're not necessarily like just women's clothes or even like just men. They're like children's clothes, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like I very much loved thrift store shopping when I was a teenager. um, And 
basically I would wake up every day being like, how weird can I look today? Like my whole, my whole point was like, how challenging can my outfit be to others? Which was like kind right. of like self-absorbed and like whatever, teenagery. Um, yeah. But I had always had a very strong sense of like creativity when it came to the way that I dressed. And I just like did not care. Like gave zero yeah. about like looking insane. Um, and so that kind of carried on into like college sort of, but like when you're a college Mm -hmm. student, everything just has to be a lot more comfortable and you're just like getting your butt to class. So that's when the hipster kind of started (laughs) happening, my hipster phase. And, um, I still went to New York when I first moved there with a pretty strong sense of personal style and, you know, Mm -hmm. just the... I, I kind of stopped reading fashion magazines and stuff because I didn't really want yeah. the influence of outside sources kind of telling me what to wear and following right. trends was not really for me. And so yeah. um, I just wanted that pure source of like, what do I think looks cool? And so I moved to New York, but New York City and it's, you know, flashy lights and <laughs> everything that's New York, I found myself really wanting to fit in with that scene and yeah. just wanting to be like you know the, the cool successful girls who are like strutting around and like their sleek chic outfits yeah. and i was there with yeah. like bright colors and prints and everything's like mismatched and crazy looking and they're mm-hmm. in like breezy fabrics that are all black and monochromatic and um <laughs> androgynous but i'd be like you know i'd be wearing something super super feminine or something super masculine mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. always like this extremes with me but the women in New York were just so, like, ugh, effortless. Mm. And yeah. I wanted to be like that, and I wanted to fit in. And if I fit in, then I would be a part of the New York thing. Like, I would have made it in mm. New York. Which is so funny, because, like, when you think of New York, you think, like, oh, like, standing out and being different. And there are a lot of people <laughs> like that. Like, you'll walk down the yeah. street, and you'll be like, wow. Um, mm. Didn't expect yeah, to see that. But... <laughs> Um, it's interesting because there's a, the, the, it's weird because the majority of like the working force of 20 somethings or 30 somethings in New York are all people who yeah. come from kind of like, this is going to sound awful, but they come from kind of like state school backgrounds and they like <laughs> go into marketing or advertising in New York and they yeah. usually come from like a normal, like, I guess like a normal city background or suburban background and they kind of create within themselves this trend of like fitting in it's kind of like the cool kids at Mm. school all the cool kids at school who went to like a good college went to new york and they started working in advertising and marketing and business and blah 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 and they kind of just brought that like popular kid mentality to Mm. manhattan because they can afford it and blah 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 um So I found myself kind of wanting to fit into that, um, to the New York, the New York look at the time, whatever that New York look was. And I started buying those clothes that were monochromatic Mm. and just kind of like simple, but chic. And I got to a point where I kind of just like lost my identity and I didn't really like know who I was anymore. Um, Mm. and yeah, I really, I remembered who I was and how like confident I was in high school mm-hmm. and college. And yeah. I, 
I just didn't have that anymore. I was insecure. Mm-hmm. I was always thinking about, like, what do people think about how I look? Like, I used to just, like, not care about what people thought about how I looked. I would just, like, wear right, whatever right. I wanted to and look crazy. Yeah. And I'd just carry on about my day. Um, but right. in New York, I was just so self-conscious. And it was when mm. I was trying to be someone else. And I also, at that time, started learning more about ethical fashion and how most of these fast fashion industries that allow you to buy items that look very rich and trendy and Mm -hmm. sleek are actually very cheap and they're made in you know factories and third world countries and the workers aren't getting paid fairly and um i started learning more about that and i was like whoa ah um Uh, maybe i should (laughs) seek out something out seek something else yeah. out and so I decided to stop entirely shopping fast fashion and I decided to mm. stop trying to look like fashion bloggers that I saw on Instagram um mm. and I yeah and I think that at that point things my personal style grew um and mm. I really kind of got in touch with my who I really was and um the more that I I don't know, the more that I delved into, like, what I really, truly loved about creativity and the things that I found and when I would go thrift store shopping or vintage shopping, because that was something that I really started doing during that time, um, I um, began to kind of understand myself better and I grew in confidence and began to see myself as somebody who is made in the image of God and not somebody who's, like, made in the image of the world and made in the image of everybody else who looks the same, who's trying to fit in with everybody else it helped me to realize like, wait a minute, I am made one of a kind. I am an unrepeatable person. So why am I dressing like everyone else when God has made me this way? Um, and so the more that I dove into that, the more I, my personal style just grew in, you know, yeah. Creativity and looking more like myself. So, yeah. 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 And now obviously it's (laughs) turned into something, um, that has gotten you some like turned eyes towards your page um just mm-hmm. because you have uh shared um your you know kind of like your journey i feel like your your style on instagram and so we'll yeah. get into that when we get back from our break but we're going to take a break right here all right yeah <laughs> cool. if you ever wanted to start a podcast today is the day Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the App Store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. Okay, we are back with Lily from Lily and Fallon. Um, and make sure you go and follow her on Instagram if you ha- are not already. Um, you see all of her great stuff. And uh, she also has a Finsta that she's uh, showing a bit more of her fun stuff. What is that? What is that one? 
Um, it's Lil's Fallon. Lil, Lil Fallon. Like Lil, like L-I-L. Lil's, yeah, L-I-L-S Fallon. It's, uh. I've created because a lot of people have commented that my main Instagram, Lillian Fallon, is very, like, serious. And whenever they meet me or talk to me in real life, they're like, wow, you are not at all, like, how you <laughs> on your Instagram. I was like, that's so funny because I've always been like more goofy and silly. Yeah, um, I'm so like funny. the youngest in my family. So like I'm the crazy one in my family. And so <laughs> when people say that my Instagram seems really serious and I seem kind of like moody <laughs> and mean or intimidating, really? like my, my roommate said that when he first met me, he was like, he was like, wow, yeah, I was really intimidated because you messaged Who me was? on Instagram and I looked at your Instagram, Brian Wynn. Oh, right. He's, oh, Brian. He's yeah. part of the Culture Project. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, their photographer. Um, and I had messaged him being like, hey, like, excited to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it <just laughs> seems really intense. And then when he met me, he was like, when he sees me, like, my sweatpants all the time and, like, yeah. pimple <laughs> cream on my face. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I'm definitely much more silly and fun and relaxed than my Instagram because I like to write about more serious stuff on my Instagram because that's where I'm, like, writing, like, mini articles and captions. And I have a very, like, deep, serious side where I talk about, like, suffering. (laughs) And then I have, like, (laughs) then I have, like, my silly side where I'm just, like, whatever. Um, So I want people to not think that I'm, I'm, like, really, like, a serious person all the time yeah. so so yeah it's a way for people sense. to kind I of encounter just like thinking who I about am. it like i knew <laughs> i mean like though we weren't like super close at office i knew that you were like funny and fun to be with like i, I probably sat in yeah. like a couple dinner tables with you and like a few yeah. people so like i like never thought of oh like this person is That's super good. serious you know <laughs> That's so all she funny. talks about is suffering and how you suffering. know the world stinks just kidding right so that's i mean i think in living ardently we like are pretty serious too like on our daily posts so like like let me yeah. start making reels to make myself seem like less serious. yes to add some personality that's exactly right. what i'm trying to do with this finsta right so, right. so i made this i made this one i thought it was funny but apparently no one thought it was that funny but. oh no i need to check it out Wait, 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 wait. What do we want? Hey. Low flying airplane noises. When do we want them? Meow. <laughs> 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 That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I like that. No, it was just oh stupid my gosh. silly. Just kind of like, you I love know, that. I'm just, I'm just I'm a just kid. a funny dude. I'm just a chill dude. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the fun youth minister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so then you started, uh, um, um, putting all that stuff in, uh, like putting your, your, um, your writings, I guess, into your Instagram. Is that how that kind of, because that's your, that was your Instagram that you've had forever. eh? Yes. Yeah. I've had it for a really long time. I think that I, I had it and then I changed the name to Lillian Fallon so that I would sound more professional and serious, which I guess kind of like created this problem that I'm in now because I was like oh it's like a resume because like Instagram's like when you're like a young professional and you're in the creative media field your Instagram is your resume and so I was like shoot if I'm trying to get hired by people I gotta make this like legit and so I put a lot of time into 
you know, hiring, like, my friends to do photo shoots so that, like, the outfits that I wore look cool because I was exhibiting, like, my styling um, abilities so people would want to hire me for being a stylist. Right. Um, And then I kind of attached it with my writing, which, I don't know, like, it started as... It always, it always was a place for, like, giving advice of mm-hmm. trying to help women to find their personal style because, as I was saying before, when I kind of fell into that trap of, like, dressing like everyone else and fitting into the world, it was so related to a bigger problem that I was dealing with, which was putting my worth in the opinion of others and putting right. my worth in what the world defined right. me as yeah. instead of who I've been made in the image of God. I, have, I wasn't putting my worth in God. Right. And so when I realized that like correlation in self-expression and how there's such a relationship in between ourselves and our clothes, because when we're feeling a certain way, we dress to express that. But also in the inverse, we can wear things that also impact how we see ourselves. So it's this like constant relationship between the exterior and the interior, just like going back and forth. Right. Um, And I, as I realized, the more that I stopped, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm like, it's not about getting the fancy job. It's not about being well known in the fashion industry. It's not about being that woman who I wanted to be for so long. Um, it's about being who God is calling me to be. And I saw the relationship in that and then how I started dressing. And the more that I dressed creatively and to express, that I was made in the image of God because at this point I was like, wow, like God loves me and he sees me as this like really cool, one-of-a-kind girl. (laughs) And I want to dress to show that. The more that I did that and like dressing in like fun, expressive outfits and like feeling like when I would put something on that God would be like, that looks cool. Like (laughs) I'm excited that you're dressing in a way that celebrates your individuality and how I made you Um, and also expressing like you know beauty in what you wear which is such a power um, is a tool for evangelization and so the more that I did that and explored that relationship and how clothing can remind me of my like daughterhood not to sound very like Catholic lingo Catholic young adult lingo um, (laughs) that it really impacted it really impacted my relationship with God mm-hmm. and my relationship with myself, my relationship with others, how I saw other people for also being one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and my writing on Instagram started being like, well, I want to help other women to see this too. Like I want to help other mm-hmm. women to recognize that they are made one of a kind and to um, and to allow the things that they wear to remind them of that. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of how my, my, my Instagram started going. And yeah. I, I wrote some articles for like Grotto Network yeah. on it. Um, but it mostly was my, my Instagram. And, and meanwhile, in the background of all of this has been me working on this book um, to really like flesh it out and flesh out like the mm-hmm. theology behind, behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So the story of my Instagram. Did the, the following come as you just continued to share and, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say that it, yeah, I think it's funny because, like, you know, you, the engagement where you're, you follow other women, I think it began with the community element. Right. So at this time when I had 
been in New York, but kind of like phasing out of my time in New York, like it lost its sparkle, it lost its novelty. I was really searching for community because mm-hmm. New York and people have always said this about New York is that there's so many people there, but it's really easy to feel alone. Yeah. And New York is primarily like a more secular environment. And there it's it can be really hard realizing that all the people that you're surrounded by and a lot of the time engaging with are people who would really hate you for your beliefs as a Catholic, that they would really see you as like an enemy, um, which is just so sad. And it's just very, it's, yeah, I'll never forget just kind of like sitting on the subway and like looking around at all the people and being like, I wonder how many of these people would just really like hate me just because I was Catholic. Um, And so I was searching for community in New York and I found a lot of friends through the Catholic young adult scene there. Um, But it was still, it's really hard to maintain consistent friendships in New York because Mm. everybody's so busy. It's not like in Friends where they're always around each other (laughs) all the time. In New York, everyone's so busy because it's New York. They're in New York for a reason. So they're working jobs and then they're exhausted and tired and they want to be alone (laughs) on the weekends. So um, it's, you don't find a lot of consistent friends in New York that can hang out all the time. And so I found that community that I was looking for on Instagram with a lot of other mm-hmm. women who were living the same life or like trying to trying to follow the same path. And so so yeah, I think when you're beginning on Instagram and you're talking with people, it's that engagement of people supporting you and being interested in what you're saying and yeah. being excited about what you're saying and sharing it and sharing it with their friends and um I think that's just like a trickle effect yeah and slowly but surely the more times that I was shared I got more followers and made more connections and made more friendships on on the platform and um last year I was invited to um last year yeah I was invited to go to SLS um as like an influencer because they always have like an influencer team who, who goes and like records and all of that and um I that was like a big like launching point where like a lot of people were like interested in what I was saying on my page because it's a lot of people who like tag you and stuff like if you're hanging out with somebody and they tag you in their posts and other people see your stuff and then they follow you blah 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 um so yeah I gained a lot of followers I think just from being there um yeah, and then I guess ever since then it's just slowly but surely just more people sharing the message of what theology of the style theology of style is, yeah. and um, supporting it. My neighbor is so loud. Can you hear him? Now I can. <laughs> That's Frank. He's like our like super Philly neighbor, yeah. who's like just always shouting and yelling. <laughs> but he's like our neighborhood watchdog. Like he'll like look out for us too. So. That's so great. <laughs> anyway, we love that. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We love Frank. Uh, so, so, so then, um, yeah. so then, like the meat of it, right? The theology style, yeah. right? That um, I feel like is a huge part of right your 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 ministry yeah. um, in a way. And yes. so, is this something that I mean? I feel like you've kind of indicated that it happened before the Instagram, but um, you kind of it really implemented well into um, your writings and stuff. So let's talk about that. Um, yeah, the birth of it, uh, and kind of talked about it earlier, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I took theology of the body with Dr. Waldstein, right? And prior to that, I had very much that um, fear of materialism and fear of materiality, like period. Right. And I think that a lot of us Catholics, 
without realizing it, kind of have a negative view of the body because there's a lot of fear of like falling into sin. And there's a lot of fear of like, um, I don't know, like there's, there's a lot of fear around sex and sexuality and the body. And like, we want to make sure that like, you know, we're doing well and we're not falling into sin and stuff. But sometimes there's that like extreme, like, ah, okay. Like I'm trying to totally stay away from, for me, it was like, I don't, I don't want to be materialistic. Like, oh my gosh. So I'm going to like completely reject it and start seeing my body and my self-expression through my body as something that is possibly sinful. And so it kind of fed into that belief that like the body is bad. And when I took Dr. Waldstein's class, he was, he explained how St. John Paul II taught that the body and soul were inseparable Mm -hmm. and that um, the body manifests the soul. And there's a quote in Theology of the Body where um, St. John Paul II says, the body and only the body can make visible the invisible, the spiritual, and the divine. And so Mm -hmm. it just like flipped my whole perspective upside down because for so long I saw the body as opposed to the soul and was like a detraction. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I thought that anytime I put together an outfit that drew attention to my body, that it was a detraction from the soul. But really the body is an aid to the soul. And it's like, duh, like, cause when we think about facial expressions and just like, even think about how we're talking right now and like, I'm using my arms and I'm smiling and like, (laughs) you're seeing the expression of who I am and my, my soul coming through and how I'm using my body. Like my body is aiding in this. And as Catholics, we're taught that our bodies, we are our bodies. We are Mm -hmm. our bodies and our souls. Like we're not just one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so both and this like, exactly this like really flipped my perspective of the body um, and my kind of aversion to, to materiality and um, my interests, like feeling guilty about my interests in, um, in clothing. And I thought very clearly in my mind, okay, well, if the body manifests the soul, then um, the body or then the things that we wear can aid in that manifestation. Um, And so suddenly it was like this opportunity to help that like the relationship between the body and soul Mm. to show to show everyone like to i don't know like to share with the world that Mm -hmm. we are a body soul unity because Mm. there's also such a cool process when we are choosing the things that we want to wear that is um i don't know like there's when you when you are drawn to an item that expresses who you are in a way that like, you can't verbally say like because we've all had that experience where we'll walk into a store and we'll be yeah. drawn to something and we kind of like don't know why but there's something about that item that we like love and we think is so beautiful and that expresses who we are because I know there's been mm-hmm. a lot of times where I'll walk into a store and I'll be like oh wow that dress is so me or that dress is so yeah. like my friend Katie or my friend Chanel like that is yeah. so Chanel and it's interesting that there are items and in the way in which they're created and their beauty about them Mm -hmm. can reflect a certain aspect of a person. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, it's that invisible aspect that we can't Mm -hmm. quite tangibly get at in, um, without, without like beauty being uh, manifested in something. And so, um, so I realized, like, wow, this is, like, actually a really cool opportunity to express the beauty of the soul. 
to yeah. choose items that reveal the beauty of the soul that we we otherwise can't really express. Like you can express the beauty mm-hmm. of the soul through our like expressions and the whole point right. of theology of the body is like, you know, through the spousal union you express um, the beauty of that body soul unity. Um, right. but in terms of art, like that blending of art and um in a weird way utility because clothes are like you need to wear them because the practical um there's this like really cool opportunity to um to to tangibly to make a tangible sign of that relationship of your body and soul make that beauty of your soul tangible um so so yeah i as i as I grew in like reading about theology and like studied more and more theology of the body and grew in my understanding of it. Um, and like I was saying earlier, a lot of it is attached to your, you know, understanding your self-worth better. And I think the more that you understand that you are a body soul unity and that you're not split, because I think a lot of the issues in the world that we have is this willful or attempted willful separation of the body and soul where we view ourselves as only body so like if you think about somebody mm-hmm. who um i don't know like i think I, we can veer into like the modesty topic which is like right. always like territory but right. um if you see somebody who is you know wearing super revealing clothing um and they're sort of they're viewing themselves as only worth their bodies like mm-hmm. only as good as their bodies and mm-hmm. that they have to be defined by the world and that their value is only in how sexually attractive their bodies are. Right. Um, but you know, we can also do this in other ways. Like if you are vain, like if you're somebody who's really obsessed with your appearance and you just put too much of your identity and self-worth in your body, then you are not seeing yourself as body and soul and as somebody who's a whole person made in the image of God and that you're, you know, priceless and that there's, you know, there's no clothing or nothing that can, you know, be your mm-hmm. worth aside from who God has made you to be. Right. Um, so, so yeah, like there's ways in which we focus too much on the body or sometimes we focus too mm-hmm. much on the soul because then you can get into hyper modesty where you're kind of falling into the same trap of um, viewing the body as like, you know, purely like something sexual and yeah. must be hidden. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that the soul is, like, the only thing that you should be emphasizing. And so the body is bad, but the soul is good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, like, a whole other, like, topic, which (laughs) I am, like, I'm giving a talk on that um, (laughs) for a conference. So maybe if other people want to, like, learn more about that, I'll be talking about that. Mm -hmm. But in, like, basic terms of what theology of style is supposed to communicate is, um, is just to help women recognize their worth um, Mm -hmm. through knowing that they're a body-soul unity made in the image of God. Because at the end of the day, all all that matters is that you know that you're made in the image of God. And the more that you know that you're made in the image of God, the more you understand his unconditional love for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just, like, changes everything. It helps you to, to, like, you know, obviously, like, love yourself and to love others, but it helps you to love God more. You see yourself as God sees you. Um, And it's not like theology of style is not about clothing. It's not about like you have to look cute and you have to be stylish and you have to like, I spend a lot of time just like chilling in like normal clothes because I know my worth and 
you know, my who I am as a person is not contingent upon what I'm wearing. But right. I can use clothing as a tool at times to help me to to remind myself and to express and celebrate the fact that I have been made in the image of God as mm-hmm. a body soul unity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's if you if you find yourself feeling bad about yourself or like you need to wear a certain type of clothing in order to like be better like that's not what it's about it's it's purely right. about you know growing in your relationship with God through understanding who you, how you've been made and the way that you've been made can be celebrated and expressed through the things that you wear right. um so yeah that's awesome. I don't know if that explains it like no yeah it's sometimes it just, it's like, such a big topic that I'm like yeah hard to explain. it's like it's so i mean like it may, maybe it makes sense to me because i took tob and if you yeah. didn't um it might be a little like yeah I mean, but I, even then i still think you did a really good job of explaining it but you know when mm-hmm. i first i forget where how i first saw it but you know obviously i was found we, we got reacquainted to your page because of other like influencers i was like oh my gosh i went i went to school with her and um yeah. I, I don't know if i shared that when we were recording or we we're just talking but um, I remember hearing this and I was like, this is awesome. This whole idea of theology is done. And I was like, this needs to be like talked about more. This is cool. I mean, like, obviously, Thanks. I mean, it's a, it feels like maybe it might be a primarily like a uh, thing for females, but like, it's still something that us men can take yeah. in. You know? Well, absolutely. There is so much importance in, cause and this is something what I, you know, I'm going to be writing about in my book too, is that at the end of the day, TOB is about our call to unity mm-hmm. and we are, we're all called to unity with each other. And, um, like, I mean, specifically in the spousal union, that's like, you know, what TOB is all about, but there are other ways in our lives. Like you don't just like get married and then suddenly you're called to unity. Right, like right. suddenly like you can have unity with other people. Right. Um, there are so many ways prior to marriage in which you can grow an understanding of your call to unity and to like share yourself with other people. I mean, we do that all the time, like when we're just like helping our friends or caring for a neighbor or, you know, volunteering, like you're giving yourself to selflessly giving yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, when it comes to the way that we dress and express ourselves and share ourselves with others, when we are you know, revealing a beautiful part of our soul, something that's like unseen to others, we are sharing with them, you know, our souls, like we're sharing like our beauty with them. And also, you know, similar, like dignifying the beauty of our bodies, um, you know, those two things go together. And so it really is a gift to others. Um, And I think that it is also, it's very important to male female relationships in the way that we dress and how we um, communicate ourselves with members of the opposite sex. And there there are ways in, like, it also prepares you, I think, for that gift. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the more that you, you know, understand your body-soul unity, and the more you understand your worth in God, the more that you're able to enter into, like, you you know who you are. The more you know who you are and the the more you know who God is, the more you're ready for a relationship and to give yourself in marriage. So there's all these little things that we can do prior to marriage and growing that, you know, that gets us there, that prepares us. And also, like, you know, I think the focus can be like a lot on women when it comes to fashion and clothes. And I think that there is a reason for that Mm -hmm. because I've talked about this before where, 
you know, women have been specifically made, like the fairer sex, and there is an evangelizing beauty about women that is specific to women. And I think that it's um, women, like, yeah, women, women will draw, like, you know, men to contemplate the divine through their beauty. Mm-hmm. And that's like, the, I think that's the reason why women have been made beautiful, mm-hmm. um, which is such a gift. Like, that's such a, an amazing right. gift that, like, women, like, wow. Right. Um, and I think that's why it's interesting because I think that's also why fashion and, um, you know, the more baser forms of, like, sex and, like, immodest, like, super immodest clothing, the devil always attacks the most important things in our culture and I'm not surprised at all that women are especially exploited in our media, especially. And that's why I think so many people are like, oh, fashion is like bad and fashion is, you know, um, evil and a part of this awful culture. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not surprising that the devil goes for what's most important. And I think that the beauty of women is something that needs to be like revered and upheld and. Um, respected because it can lead men and others to contemplate the divine. Um, So, so yeah, but in the same token, it is also really important for men to exhibit their strength and masculinity Mm -hmm. because masculinity and femininity are things that in theology of the body, he talks about so much, Mm -hmm. like they're so important and that, you know, God contains all perfections of masculinity and all perfections of femininity within himself and that we as men and women have been given masculinity and femininity Mm -hmm. and i think the more that we are like we have masculine men who are like showing that masculinity through the way that they dress Mm -hmm. and also living it out in who they are Mm -hmm. um and also women living out their femininity and how they dress and who they are um that is just like such a it's such a process of like self-realization and actualization of what we're called to be. We can mm-hmm. do that in the way that we dress. Um, so it's not just some superficial, silly thing that like some people can, you know, be interested in personal style, but it's actually like not that important. But I, my whole thing is like, it's actually really important. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, for both men and women. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And so Thanks. whenever, <laughs> like, so you're writing all about this in your book. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever it is, please let me know so I can promote the heck out of it. Like once it's oh, once thanks. it's all finished, written and yes. and all that stuff, because that's it's gonna be an amazing thing for for Thank a lot you. of people, I believe. So that's that's really cool. Appreciate and if you that. haven't, people like if you you want to get to know more about this and you haven't read about the theology of the body, it is daunting and it's really big. But but please like take the time to like read it. Um, you can like even There's a lot look of beginner God. books too. Right. Or you can yeah, start with a lot of Christopher Edward West Tree. beginner books. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. great. I love him. He had like a, a yeah. woman, woman in the mystery of love and yeah, like that. And that's from the, uh, Oh no, that's from, no, that's love and responsibility. Like based off of that actually. So, um, but that's still a good book. So <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. But theology body, you're saying something. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Um, yeah, I was just saying that there's a lot of like those beginner books that, um, you can dive into and like theology of the body is such a huge book, but it's not super hard to understand when you're reading it. Um, like there are, I think it looks super thick and daunting, but there, um, if you begin like at like, you know, chapter one, the beginning, it's, it's actually pretty digestible, but, um, but I also, you know, would recommend the other like Christopher West books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then, um, um, 
What are other projects, things that you're working on? Man, well, my main project is this book, writing this book, because it's quite a process. It's just so different when you're writing about theology and trying to make sure that you're not saying anything heretical and trying to make sure (laughs) that, like, you're explaining what St. John Paul II is saying and how that relates to what you're saying while explaining what you're saying. It's like, it's like such... (laughs) I was like, in the beginning of the summer, I was like, I'm going to crank this book out this summer. It's going to be so easy. And then I was like, um, it takes me so long to write anything. Um, so, so yeah, the, I'm trying to make my book the, mo- the the highest priority because it's really easy for me to let other projects kind of get in the way. Because yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the summer, I was doing like a lot of lives with people talking about style and yeah. um I was also doing like videos talking about style and it's yeah. really easy to get burnt out and like yeah. not do those things yeah, yeah. to not do to not do the, the main thing, which right. is the book. So I do want to get back into doing my videos again. Um, but I've been doing like a couple talks. Uh, yeah. been asked to do a couple talks lately. So maybe that's something that I'll be doing more often right. doing talks. So so we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll link out. Uh if you could send me some of the information of those talks, that, uh, those conferences okay. you're recording talks for, like, so I can, I'll yeah. put those in the descri- in description. So if you're, okay, cool. if it's within the time frame that you guys um, are still recording, you can at least go check it out. So sweet. Or yeah. r- rather when the conference is, I think that's, when is that? The, so the one that I did before was culture project, right, um, yeah. which was kind of explaining like what I've been talking about now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one that I'm doing now is for Femme Catholic, which is about, this talk is about, um, modesty culture and some of the negative effects of modesty culture and how we need to like reform that. Um, that conference is going to be towards the end of this month. Um, I forget the exact date, but I'm in the process of like recording it right now. So, so yeah. Sweet. So once that's all up, oh, again, all the information for that will be in the description there. And, uh, Yeah, on the link in the what is this thing called? The show notes. There you go. I have to like I keep on saying yeah. like things about YouTube in like for the show and it's not the same, so I have to like oh, okay. know that hey, the language is show notes. <laughs> so check show the show notes, notes and uh, for the podcast cool. and you'll see all that stuff. Um, quick couple last things here. Yeah. Um, I wanna know, and I'm sure a lot of other girls wanna know, what is your go to thing in your wardrobe? My go-to thing mm, is probably, first of all, my, like, Levi jeans. I love a pair of Levi's. I think that they're just, like, so classic, and Mm -hmm. they're comfortable, and they're that perfect mixture of, like, masculine and feminine. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. like a super tight skinny jean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like something that's a little bit more Mm vintage-looking and goes with everything. Because, like, a pair of classic, like, light wash Levi's Mm -hmm. go with anything. You can dress them up and dress them down, and they always look very street-style and cool. Mm -hmm. Um... And I would say also, like, my my blazers. I have a lot of blazers that I snag from thrift stores. Thrift stores are where you want to go for blazers. Like, don't ever buy a new blazer. Um, Thrift stores are just, like, full of really cool vintage ones. So hit up the thrift stores for the blazers. Right. Um, I mean, I guess I'm saying a lot of things. But I would (laughs) say, like, my my blazers and my my Levi jeans. Those are great. Those um, are awesome. Are my favorite. I just, like, I always find myself, like... Um, watching people's stories, especially like when you're styling your stuff, I'm like, I just like, oh, I'm so interested, you know, like for, for, oh, no, for like, Sometimes and like I it wonder, doesn't, I wonder, like, I don't, I mean, I don't gain, I mean, much from it because I'm not gonna apply it to my own, but it's just interesting to see like the different ways people can style and like 
uh, be modest and the look process. cool. You know, like it's yeah. just really cool. And I and I always like nice. promote to my 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 teens that are are like girls. Like, hey, like if you want to know how, like, cause they'll ask, like, how do you how do you dress more modestly? I was like, and still look yeah. cute. And I was like, there's so yeah. many different ways. And so like then I I'll take from what I learned um, from what your you guys' accounts and then like. Oh, try to explain cool. it then failed and i was like just go to her account <laughs> like Aww, and um that's so nice so check it out so yeah so you oh, guys so you cool. you ladies who are doing stuff like this are inspiring the young generation and i appreciate that as a oh. youth minister um and hopefully they um Thanks. are taking their advice uh your oh, that's always the most touching that's always the most touching like when girls message and they say that like you know i've helped them in any way yeah. i'm always just like okay that's why i'm doing this that's why i want to keep on doing this because sometimes awesome. it can be like does anybody care like am i just like speaking to a boy <laughs> yeah. um but if whenever a young girl is saying that like i've helped her in any way it, make, it just makes everything worth it that's so. awesome no i love yeah. that i mean i when i ever i talk to some other youth minister friends of mine that are not on instagram i said like get on instagram Look at the Catholic influencers, and these are the girls yeah. that you need. These are the people and our guys, like usually the girls, like to to send your teens to. You know. Yeah. Oh you my know. gosh, so, that's so cool that you're doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, because like I mean, I tell that. my teens, I was like, they're gonna be on it regardless, right? Yes. And if they're gonna be on it, at least yeah. create the feed for them or suggest things to them that are going to uplift them and bring them towards you know heaven. So you know, if they're gonna be on it, use it. And that's why I love Instagram. I mean, I don't. I mean, yeah, there's terrible parts of it and there's some hard parts of it that's hard to love but the catholic side of it is awesome yeah you really got to curate that feed i went after my like new york thing i just went through and i just like unfollowed anyone who kind of like made me either like feel bad about myself or was like not a good influence and it's turned into a platform that makes me feel uplifted now and it's very possible to have it be that just so long as you make sure that you're not you know, letting in things that maybe you shouldn't be. Right. It's just, it's all, it's all about curating, curating, curating. You don't have yes, to cut things out absolutely. cold turkey. So Exactly. Yeah. So anyone out there totally. who's on, not on Instagram, it's okay to be on Instagram. Just, yes. wait, one, moderate <laughs> your time you're on it, but like also like curate your yeah. feed. So it's all about exactly. prudence, right? Uh-huh. It is. It is all about prudence. Moderation and prudence, which is like such a Catholic thing. I feel like Catholics are always like, everything in moderation. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking moderation. (laughs) Drinking in moderation. As I have. uh, (laughs) Moderation. (laughs) So, so speaking of those girls that you like, you like want to uh, help out. What's some tips for them for those who are like wanting to change their style or find their style? Mm -hmm. Um, What's your tips to them? Okay. Yeah. My tips are, um, first of all, create a really strong foundation of your wardrobe basics. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, if women feel, or men, feel like they don't have anything to wear, and I think that's a common complaint that women, they look in their closet and they're like, I have nothing to wear. What do I do? I just need to buy more stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually it's because you don't have enough basic items, and those are the items that serve as the backbone of your wardrobe and your yeah. outfit. So those are the things that are, like, usually, like, more plain. So, like, you know, your plain, like, non-destroyed ripped jeans, just, like, normal plain jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, your, like, black turtlenecks or your, like, navy long sleeve shirts or your white button-down shirts um, or your, like, your jean jackets or your blue blazers. Things that are, or, like, your trench coat. A trench coat is, like, the best. Um midi black midi skirts things that are more neutral in color versatile in color and they are those like simple items because what Mm -hmm. you 
a lot of the time women will go to fast fashion stores and buy a bunch of items that jump out at them at the time and seem like really fun and cool but they're usually like trendy enough and like a little like weird enough that they don't go with anything else in your wardrobe Mm -hmm. so they don't have that versatility because they're trendy items usually you have to buy a specific item to go with that item so my advice is to just get that like those basics all done because then you build your personal style on top of that. So right. you style things a little bit differently. Like you can wear those black skinny jeans or, you know, that navy blazer. You can wear that multiple times during the week, but like you can swap it out for like with a stripy shirt underneath mm-hmm. or you can wear, you know, your boots with it or you can wear ballet flats with it or heels. Um, right. There's just so many ways that you can switch it up. Um, so I recommend doing that. And then my second tip would be going to like the thrift store or vintage shops and specifically allowing yourself to be drawn to items that you, you genuinely love, not what like the magazines are telling you to love, Mm. not what your friends are telling you to love. Um, but just what you are authentically drawn to Mm -hmm. and letting that kind of be your guide. Um, and then asking yourself, what is it about this item that I feel expresses who I am? Um, what is it about this item that is unique to to me and my personality, my personal style? Yeah. Um, and then just being like, you know, confident enough to wear it. If it's something that's like a little bit crazy and a little <laughs> bit out there, yeah, you know, just like if you love it, if you love it, it's enough to wear it. Mm. Um, so go ahead and go ahead and wear it. Yeah, I, yeah, I've taken some of your. I, I think about. It, I was like, taking some of your stuff when I moved. Um, you had yeah. one time you put a story up and it said that you know if you have something, two of the same thing, like you don't need two of the same thing. Like if you have, yeah. So like get rid of it, right? So like <laughs> I was like looking at myself, I was like, oh, I have, I have like plenty of white shirts and plenty of black yeah. shirts. I don't need these yeah. black shirts or these white shirts. So like I would get rid of them. Yes. So like you can, yeah, you can still listen to get a lot from from your stories if you're a guy so if you're not if you're a guy and want to curate your feed like i mean curate your closet rather like yeah do that you can totally possible the tips that i just gave can totally apply to guys too right right it's like the same it's the same thing yeah that's so great now for those who are listening what are some instagram accounts that you want to uh shout out um to for the listeners to follow rather so i highly recommend um, my girl, Michaela Rogers, mm. um, I did a live with her and we talked about thrifting and it was just like one of the most fun lives that I've ever done. She started with her twin sister, a, um, an online like thrifting vintage shop mm-hmm. called thrifted and threaded. Right. And so I recommend following Michaela Rogers, um, and her sister's Mackenzie Rogers. She's really cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Thrifted and Threaded is their shop together, and they have a lot of really cute items that they curate. Speaking of curation, oh my gosh, full <laughs> circle. Um, they go to thrift stores and they curate items yeah. that, you know, that they think are in line with, like, their kind of branding of, like, their their style of their shop. Yeah. And so that's new for them, and it's really great. And that's then awesome. I also recommend following um, Janet Easter, who... Mm-hmm also has a shop called Everthrift, mm-hmm. which is similar, yeah. which is vintage items. And I actually help her source items for her shop. Right. I'll go, I'm always at the thrift store. So what I do is I'll um, contribute to her collections yeah. where I'll get, I'll pull clothes from the thrift store and then she sells them on her website. Right. Um, 
but her 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 style is like super super great really yeah. cool and she's also just like a beautiful woman i she was actually the original style editor at verily and then i took over oh, her job cool. um and but now we're like working together again in Cute. this like cool way yeah um but her her page is really beautiful and she's just, she's really cool so so yeah i recommend following michaela rogers um thrifted and threaded janet easter and everthrift awesome yeah Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Okay, so, and then the last thing here is, like, what is your what is your goal for the rest of the year? Oh, my gosh. My goal for the rest of the year is to write this book, to write Theology of Style, mm-hmm. um, and to, I don't know, probably maintain a level or to gain a level of um, discipline. Just <laughs> 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 uh, to be more disciplined in the way that I spend my time, mm-hmm. um to to be more productive and getting things done Mm -hmm. and but then my my roommate chanel would be like you need to be kinder to yourself um so (laughs) probably also to be kinder to myself why did you sound like her when you said that (laughs) i I live with her because i hear her all the time yeah um yeah she'll tell me to be kinder to myself more patient with myself um so working on being more disciplined with my time but also being kinder to myself awesome so So great so (laughs) great well thank you again for coming Uh, on lily thank you so much for having me this was so fun chanel said that it was really fun talking to you and she was right i had a really good time chatting with you you're a good conversationalist and a really good interviewer and i feel like i'm just chatting with a friend right i don't feel stressed about like answering a certain way you know how like sometimes (laughs) when you're like on a podcast or you're like being interviewed you're like Okay, make sure I say everything. Yeah, like in a perfect way. Like I've had interviews where like I have my answers kind of like on the side and I'm like trying to make sure that I say everything like perfectly. So thank you for being just a really good host and making me feel comfortable. So yeah. yeah, And that's the whole reason why we play these games at the beginning and just trying to make it fun because it's just like you know, for some people who haven't been on a podcast before, they're just like so stiff, and I was just like, "All right, loosen yeah. up. We're just talking." You know? Yeah, and you did set the the games is such a good idea. I love right? that. It's so great. I love That's it. Fun. And so, thank you, thank you for um for the affirmation. I appreciate that. Um, of course. I'm, I'm learning to receive words of affirmation better. So. Oh, good. <laughs> That's good. That's something that a lot of us need to work on. Right. So I'm just like. No, no, I was like, yes, no, actually, thank you, because it's it really, it really does for me, because like you know, it, it, it helps when it's something that I really want to be good at, um, and, yeah, and and getting an affirmation in that way, yeah, it's great. So yeah, dude, anytime you need some affirmation, you hit me up. I'll affirm, I'll affirm the crap out of you. Right. Thanks. So if you haven't followed her already, again, her Instagram is Lillian, L I L L A N. L-I-L-L-I-A-N. Uh, sorry. Underscore Fallon. Yeah. F-A-L-L-O-N. Um, That's me. Yep. And then you can follow her other one at... Uh, my Finsta. My. Lil's Fallon. L-I-L-S Fallon. F-A-L-L-O-N. That is all in the descri- in the show notes yeah. below. <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> the show notes. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> well, I do that too because we do post it on YouTube, but I've just been really slacking oh, on it, so... Um, you can you can all follow me and follow living ardently and it's um follow living ardently at living ardently and then me at it's only Adrian, um, and then you can also uh, follow our writers if you want to do that. Um, make sure if you're um, watching on YouTube to like and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. If you're listening anywhere else, just make sure you're following so you know when we're going to upload a new episode. Usually that's every Monday, but 
I think we're back on schedule at this point, so hopefully we are. Um, and I think that's it. Again, make sure you check the show notes for all the stuff, cool things that Lily's doing. And um, stay, keep your eyes peeled for whenever she finished writing this book and make sure you get it. I'll be promoting it here <laughs> once it comes out. So um, coming hopefully 2021. Hopefully. I know there's a whole lot of stuff Fingers with like writers crossed. and publications and like edits oh, and yeah. stuff. So it might take yes. a while. So who, Probably like, hopefully like at least 2020 too. 2022. 2022. 2022. Yeah. yeah. So just keep your peels out. Uh, uh, eyes out. And if you haven't already. Keep your peels out. Keep your peels out. Eyes peeled. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> I'm really bad at idioms or things like that because I was raised by <laughs> foreigners. Um, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to say keep your peels out. Keep your peels out. <laughs> Peel your oranges and leave them out. Okay, guys? Do you have any last words? Oh, um, hmm. Any last words? Um, I would like to challenge you guys to look into your wardrobe and this week to put together an outfit that you feel best represents who you are as a person Ooh. To that um, expresses the internal, expresses the beauty of your soul while also dignifying the beauty of your body. Ooh. So put together an outfit that you think describes who you are and how you've been made in the image of God. Then tag so, yeah. both of us. Yes. And we would love us. to see and that. Show us what you I got, what you that. made of. I'll put the challenge. I love, in. I love that. that. That's so cool. I love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, y'all. God bless. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Keep living ardently. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yay. That was fun.